Welcome to Spodcast. I'm Kevin Smith. Okay, kids, remember last time we were having a big old discussion about the secret origins of the secret stash. That's right, Jane, Sal, and Bob's secret stash moved from their longtime home uh, at, uh, shit, I always do this as a reverse, 35 Broad Street, and we've moved up to our new home at 65 Broad Street. I always conflate those numbers, reverse them. Um, and so, uh, while I was back East a while back, uh, for the, uh, grand opening secret stash, we, uh, we, uh, recorded, uh, sit down me and Walt Flanagan, uh, Michael Zapsick and Ernest O'Donnell talking about, uh, how the stash came to be back then and how it evolved and how the new secret stash, the Neo stash, uh, came to be at 65 Broad Street, uh, with Ernie building it. So we got Mike and, and Walt talking about the history, talking about comic book men's era and whatnot. And, uh, Ernie talking about the present and the future of the secret stash. Uh, let's go back in and start listening to that conversation. Let's become audio cucks for the rest of the secret origins of the secret stash comic book man begins what 2012 2012 yes so from 2001 ish 2002 ish because that was late september and shit like that but somewhere in that corridor so almost 10 fucking years what goes on at the stash for that decade just big it's everyday just every, business just an everyday you know yeah it's selling nothing, comics nothing the grind. Uh, nothing exciting we're it's, doing events like we yeah. do vulgarthons yep. that are tied to the stash we do you know fucking later on podcast events we do a lot of poker events mm. here in the secret stash or there in the secret stash and we will here in the new secret stash but a lot of uh events and stuff like that we shot jane silent bob strike back yeah there as well at that point um by in by that was in 2001 but a few years about two years before or one year before comic book men conversation began like i remember talking to walt and going like i think you know you wouldn't use this expression back then but things were trending downward and so i was like i think the stash like has about five more years of life left was it five or two I don't know. I don't even remember this. I, I don't you don't remember know. this conversation? I yeah, I need more I, information. I felt the need to tell you because I was like, because I told you like, I'm going to keep the stash open for 10 years. And we did. But it was like, I wasn't making any more Jane, Silent Bob, anything. And so I was like, you know, after Clerks 2, mm -hmm. it all just kind of goes by the wayside. And maybe, you know, it's it, the fucking the this money wasn't the same as it was when we began. It wasn't we weren't in debt or anything like that, but it was trending down. So at that point, I had a conversation with you where I was like, probably within five years, the stash will go away. Just as a heads up mm -hmm. in terms of like, you know, not like start looking for a job now, but like, you know, it's going to stop. Mm 
Then a couple years into that, two or three years after we had that conversation, was when the comic book men, well, which wasn't called the comic book men, the AMC conversation began about doing a show, a book, a show at a comic book store, which the later became a pilot, a sizzle reel called The Secret Stash, which was then later changed uh, into comic book men. And so when um, I like talked to Charlie about the idea and was, you should do a fucking show set at a comic book store, man, because the culture understands it now and that's cheap. I don't cost nothing, right? It's just reality TV and shit. And whoever runs a comic store, they're usually fucking fast, funny, acerbic fucking people and stuff like that. And uh, he went to AMC with it, and AMC was like, that's fucking great. And and so he came back and said, they want to do it, and they're going to give us 10 grand to shoot a sizzle reel. And I was just like, fucking, how, is that good? And he's like, yeah, it'll go to location fee. And I was like, the location fee, what do you mean? He's like, we got to pay a comic book store to do this, like shoot our, our imagined show. My imagined show, the show I pitched, was like, go find the most acerbic comic book store staff in America. Do a nationwide search, and then you're doing a show about them and shit. And so, you know, he's talking about shooting a sizzle reel. And I'm like, well, I have a comic book store. We can shoot at mine. It won't cost anything. And he was like, what do you mean you have a comic book store? And I was like, I, I hadn't brought it up before, but yeah, I, I own a comic book store. Jane Silent Bob Secret Stash. We've had it for years in Red Bank, New Jersey. And I was like, are you fucking crazy? Like, that's the show. And I was like, is it? I said, well, he goes, we, we, we still have to shoot the sizzle reel. And I was like, well, the guys who work at the store do a podcast and they're very fucking funny. And so they could stand in for the guys who will, the show will eventually be about. In the sizzle reel, they'll be like the pilot stars. And then we can go out and do our nationwide search and find the real comic book store that the show will be based on. And he was like, okay. He goes, how, how funny are they? I was like, I'll tell you, man, you smoke some weed tonight. You go fucking listen to the first five episodes. I'll give you links to tell him Steve Dave. It's, it's just fucking fantastic. And he did. He went home and fucking spoke up, listened to those episodes. He called me back the next day and was like, this is the fucking show. You're an idiot. This is the fucking show. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you already have a fucking TV show here. You have your own comic book store. Your fucking friends work there and run it and shit like that. And these two fucking dudes are always arguing, sound like an old married couple. He's like, this is fucking perfect, man. He's like, I'm pitching this to AMC. And he went and pitched it to AMC and they came back. He's like, they're in. They Now they want it even more. They want to meet the boys. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, God, now I have to tell the boys. Because I wasn't engineering a TV show about the secret stash or trying to put Walter and Brian on TV. We backed into it. And so suddenly I was like, okay, um, I got to call them both. And I called up Brian. And I was like, hey, man, the weirdest thing. You know AMC? And he was like, yeah, man, fucking Walking Dead. I was like, yeah, Walking Dead. I was like, they're, they're, they want to do a TV show like based on a comic well actually i called you first he was the second one both of them were in, into it i call up walter first and, and walter is at the store and he goes comics and i go hey man you're never gonna believe this in the world of all the weird things that happen you know amc and he was like yeah walking dead i was like yeah fucking walking dead they want to do a comic books they want to do a reality show set at jay and silent bob's secret and then the line went dead <laughs> and then i called back and i was like what happened we got cut off he's like i don't want to do that and I was like, you didn't even let me finish. He's like, I don't want to do a reality show. I don't want to do that. I don't, and I said, why not? And he goes, I don't want to be Snooky, which was a totally valid fucking reason to not do it at that point. And I was like, but Snooky made a lot of money last year. And he's like, yeah, but she got punched in the face. That's humiliating. Fuck all that. We'll be, they'll make us look like idiots. I don't want to do that and shit. And then I was like, but Walt, if we did the sizzle reel 
and it became a show and it was set at the stash. It would be like a free commercial for the stash and maybe the stash don't close down in two years or whatever the fuck. And Walter goes, all right, like if it's, if it's a commercial for the stash, I get that and stuff. He's going, but I ain't doing it unless Brian does it too. And I was like, but Brian doesn't work there. And he goes, that's the fucking point. So that's when I called Brian and I was like, hey man, uh, weirdest thing fucking happened and shit. I was like, AMC, you know AMC? He's like, yeah, Walking Dead. I was like, yeah, Walking Dead. They want to do a comic book store set at Jane's on Bob's Secret Stash. And the first words out of Brian's mouth is like, Walter's not going to do that. <laughs> and I was like, I, you're, I, you're not wrong. I just talked to him first and shit. But he said he would do it if you do it. And Brian's like, I ain't doing that. And I was like, why? And he was like, because they're going to make us look like assholes. All those reality TV people look like assholes and shit. I don't want to fucking sing for my supper, look humiliated, blah, blah, blah. So very Jersey, chip on the shoulder, like, I don't want to look like an asshole. And so I was like, Bri, if you do it, Bri had a bad knee and he didn't work for the rec center and shit. So I was like, if you do it, you could fucking, and it works, you can get paid and fucking fix your, your knee and shit. And that was his way in. He was like, all right, fucking, you know, maybe it'll help the knee and shit. And so, bam, suddenly I had the two dudes ready to do a fucking sizzle reel. Then I was like, you can come down and meet them. I wasn't there for that meeting. Who came to meet the, the what AMC? Was that like Mary and shit like that? I don't remember. Don't no, remember? it was, um, there was two dudes. I think one of them was Charlie, um, Charlie. Or and, AMC Charlie. Yes, yeah. AMC Charlie. And um, I think it might have been Mary. It was literally the head of the network at that yes. point. Yes. And really? I think Mary as well. She was our exec. Yeah. Um, they come down and what? Bring you guys out to eat? What What was it? And how did you get involved? I have no idea. Uh, actually, they, they went out. I think you guys went out to breakfast or lunch mm -hmm. or whatever no you, didn't you guys go to a came restaurant? in <laughs> i never went to breakfast with any tv people okay. what about uh dinner i don't know they just you had to meet them because yes, they came they, to i think if, what i recall is they just came down looked around the store said like yeah we're gonna do this you guys ready for this you excited all right and they just looked at the place and kind of left kind of quick that was it they just wanted like how long you been reading comics i said how long we were uh, you know and you know you they said how you know obviously you must love comics they oh yeah we love comics and that was it. They really didn't stay that long, as I recall. Did you so? Did you eat with them or no? No. So, was Ming here? M oh, Ming was in on that meeting because yeah. Ming worked at the office. Maybe Ming went out to eat with them then. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he would with some really nice jeans. Um, Ming worked at the office. He was our web guy, of course, and whatnot. He built the Bioski website and worked for Ben and Matt at Live Planet. And then when Live Planet folded, he had no job. And I was like, well, why don't you come work for Bioski? You built the website and shit. So he moved to Jersey with uh, his young bride at the time as well. And I don't think they had kids at that Not point. Not yet. Not yet. I don't even know if they were married at that point. But she was from the area or nearby. Ohio. Close enough. Rather no, than them she, being in. I think she lived in Middletown. I think she had Middletown Oh, ties. he was from yeah. Ohio. Yeah. yeah. He was he? Yeah, he was living. He's from Michigan, but he was living in Ohio for some reason. He's from Michigan because I thought he went to school in Michigan. He did, but his parents are out there. They live there. I think he went to school in Ohio then. I, I think no, he's living. When I met him, he was going to school in Michigan, like Amherst. I think he's got a fake past and he's been lying <laughs> yeah, to all of us. Somebody looking at him, man, just like Ray. There's bodies thrown <laughs> somewhere. But he was working at the office and like uh, he wound up in the mix as well. Um, because I play, I said, listen to Tell Him Steve Dave. So my whole thing was like, just do Tell Him Steve Dave. Like, 
you know, fucking they can talk and fucking I thought Brian Quinn would be involved. In fact, the sizzle reel has Brian Quinn involved in it. But Brian Quinn was already on the cusp of IJ I, in Practical Jokers, mm-hmm. IJ, as they refer to it. And so he like I remember him being like, I don't know if I can be involved. So he was there, but we kept him kind of off camera because he already had an existing well, what, TV deal. He, well, he, he had written into his contract that he could do it. And they and nobody really at, at uh, True realized that he had given, he had sliced out this, like that he had full permission to do it if it happened, if it got greenlit. He could do it and there's nothing they could say about it. Mm. And they said, well, we don't want you to do it because it's a commercial for another network. So they had to pay him like a little bonus not to do it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So he fucking he got to wet his beak a little. Yeah, to not do it, which is smart money. Yeah, because he had he had he had written it into it that if this show got picked up, he was going to be allowed to do it. Fucking a, um, and at least he got paid to not do it. Yeah. So we shot the sizzle reel, um, and the sizzle reel. Are you in it? Yes. Is Ming in it? Yes. And that's in the transactional stuff. Because the podcast, we did the sit around a table, and I remember it was me, you, Brian, Brian Quinn, and Jason was there as well. But when they did, in the scissor reel, it's like 15 minutes long. It's on that Kevin Smith Club. It's also, I've seen it on YouTube and stuff. Um, You know, there's the, it's us in black and white around this podcast, uh, this poker table or a poker table, recording an episode of Tell Them Steve Dave. And then there's transactional stuff where somebody comes in and tries to sell things. Like basically what yeah. comic book men mm-hmm. became and stuff. The only difference was it was called the secret stash and Quinn was there and 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 Jay was there. Jay came in to do episodes, but he was never there all, all the time mm-hmm. as when we did the show. And they did OTFs, which you hated. Yes, that was OTFs are on the flies. And that's when, at, when you're done with the transaction, they interviewed the person who bought the thing or you know like how'd that go i i thought i was gonna get more for it and shit like that and i hated that like that was never interesting to me like even but i didn't shape it in season one they just didn't use them in the edit in season two when y'all got like new producers they were shooting otfs and overshooting they were doing more otf more shooting of the fucking customers than they were with the cast and yeah that's when brian got real shitty and was just like i'm not doing this fucking walked off an episode and shit like that so those producers went bye-bye and uh all the otfs which they had shot hours of didn't get used my insistence was like this fucking show is called comic book men it's about the people that work in the store nobody people are happy to see the people come in and do transition and transactions Nobody wants to fucking hear about the aftermath of the transaction. Like, I feel really good about that. That's fucking boring. We can get like three more jokes out of these guys. Put in an interstitial where they say some fucking funny shit and then move the fuck on. They knew you felt that way and they went behind your back. To do it. They did. I remember. They tried to get um, they tried to get me and Ming on board because one of the guys came in and was like, hey, what do you think of these OTFs? Hey, what do you think of this? You want to see a little more screen time, Mike? I can make that happen. You, if you can be go the OTF guy. Yeah, I'm like, Fuck you! I'm not going to be and, and screw everybody else on the show. No, get and also here. for me, it's like, like the the interesting part happened. Mm. A person came in with a thing. You got to see them make a decision. You're watching real time, presumable, presumably real time conversation. And then you know the transaction. Once it's like, did they buy it? Did they sell it or not? That's it. Story's over. Like you don't need a denouement where they're like, you know, I was I was really hoping that it would be more. 
you know, but they were nice and I'm glad I did it. Like nobody cares about that story. They want to get back to the funny fucking guys, which was Brian's point too. He's like, why the fuck? Like, cause they were giving Brian lines to do in season two and telling him to do this. And like, we're building storylines and shit. And like, that was not the show anybody signed up for. It was, it was a miracle that they signed up to do the show at all. <laughs> and uh, f- to have like Brian dealing with friction, like at a certain point I had to step in and shit. And then things ride themselves. I remember sending Brian into an editing room with all the footage to be like, watch and pull out anything that you think is funny that they didn't use and shit. And he went through a bunch of stuff and he was the one that told me like, you should see how much OTF they have. He's like, they just shot these people for hours. They would go outside and talk to him for like a half an hour after the transaction. So the, the comic book man, well, the secret stash sizzle reel turns into comic book men. It was called the secret stash right up to like two weeks before it premiered. Um, AMC was like, we want to call comic book men. And I was like, why? And they were like, because mad men, and I was like, oh, fair enough. We got Mad Men. Now we got comic mm-hmm. book men. They were hoping to do a line of men shows or some such shit. My point was always like, you call comic book men, you're alienating half the fucking world of comic books. You're alienating fucking women. And sure enough, we did get tagged in season one or two for having that fucking name. But not enough that ever really hurt us or slowed us down and shut. But it did give some folks a preconceived notion of what the show was. And they probably never jumped on board because of it and stuff. Didn't matter because we were pulling incredible fucking numbers on AMC. To be fair, we were, you know, in the wake of one of the biggest television shows that ever happened. The Walking Dead was pulling 9, 10 million fucking viewers, 12 million viewers, historic fucking numbers in an era when TV was already starting to fall apart with Nielsen ratings. And suddenly this thing was a giant juggernaut. So a lot of our success is us riding on Robert Kirkman's very long dick into midnight <laughs> and having an audience that just like, well, I'm not going to turn off the TV. And slowly over time, having that audience be like, oh, my God, you guys are my comfort, man. I watch fucking Walking Dead and it makes me tense. And then I watch Talking Dead because I need all the info. And then you guys are like a fucking like aperitif, man. You're like the thing that like makes you go to sleep. Like, oh, yeah, this is comfort food and shit. And that's what we remain for years. I'm and toddy very much like they're fucking this is how i do my sunday night right. shit. so that went on until it stopped after my heart attack we did seven seasons and shit like that and during that era you put up the fucking window the old stash window which we now know was built right. with a brick replica to fucking reflect ingenious it's just i just thought it was a choice you're like i'm ah, brick why not i honestly i probably thought there was brick up there oh uh, yeah it's a oh. fucking sweet move I what else try, did you build? I always build? try to reference, uh, in my own way, your history. Or I don't think you always catch it. No, but apparently it's, not. It's obviously, but uh, I just think it's appropriate. It's very appropriate. It's fan thinking. Yeah. And it's not that Ernie's a fan, although it, he likes me. We've known each other for a long time. But it's Ernie's. He, Ernie knows how a fan thinks. Right. Like, this. Is, if I was into this shit, this is what I would like to see. If I wasn't doing this... This is what I would want it to be like and stuff. And because of that, it informs shit. For example, when did the blunt mo- did the Bluntmobile start at the secret stash? Uh, on, the on the floor? On the floor. Damn. That's right. With yes. a fucking rope uh, chain around. On the mm-hmm. floor. And people were stealing Jay's tongue. Well, they were stealing his tongue. We mentioned that in some of the videos that we've done. Uh, but again, I got the call. No, it wasn't a call. You were here. And... Uh, 
you called me and just said, hey, just come by the stash or something. I want to talk to you about something. So I came by. And this is when we were in the heat of playing stash poker every month. Yes. You were coming in almost every month. And we needed more space. And you said, we need more space. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it went up. It had nothing to do with more stuff for the stash. It was, we need more space. Uh, I was like, can we poker. mount this on the roof yeah, or you some such to mount shit? It. And I said, well, I can build a platform and elevate it. We could put a table on there and we can, and you were like done. So that's the only reason the, the blunt mobile went up in the air is to play more poker. Um, to build fucking space for a poker floor, yeah. which actually worked out for this, for, for the, the show, for the show and for tell them Steve, Dave to have the, this, is this the oh, same? Yeah. This, this is the same, one. the same, right? The same from table. the sizzle reel. Yeah. Uh, it could be, I think it was just, uh, re resurfaced, resurfaced over over a couple yeah. times. This but, is one that you were actually. I think Ming bought this for you guys to play poker on. Yeah. Mm. It was one of the extra tables. Right. But, Look at how it all fucking ties together. Oh, it's that's crazy. so fucking. Wild. That's the reason why it went up. Because of that, just so we get more room for poker. Yeah, that was it. Um, what do you? Uh, I you know I love the show, but my job on the show was minimal. Um, what you know, you guys had seven seasons and stuff during that time. Wh how did you balance store and? and fake store and real store. How long did they come in? For the average person who doesn't know, how long did they shoot comic book men? Like it wasn't like a year long experience. Uh, July through September? Yeah. And the last three, four years, the last four years were like, we were in 1030 out by six. So we had it down to a science. So was it an inconvenience? No. Because they wanted people inside the store. So they were happy to have customers come in and customers were happy to come in and have a chance to be on camera as background. And so is that what they did? Like you, they would just wouldn't shut the store if people were there. Like, hey, you want to be in a TV show? And they yeah, just but they would be, people. they would be like, you know, you will have to stay here for at least an hour to an hour and a half. If you could commit to that, you could be in the background. And yeah, they, they really desperately wanted background because uh, they didn't want to have a, an empty store. Mm. So they wanted real customers. So you guys operated while shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, in between transactions, um, while they were setting up and, and uh, prep, prepping the next uh, transaction, you would have like 45 minutes. We could just open up and people would come in and shop and then they would clear it out and just start it all over again and bring in a new group of, of customers who were waiting outside. Now, this only gets to happen like this TV show, which, you know, again, was backed into all around. It wasn't me going like, I have a brilliant idea. It it backed into the secret stash and whatnot. Um, having a TV show for a kid who was raised watching TV is a fucking dream come true. Having a TV show where, like, I only have to come in for a little bit because I was already I had a completely different life on the West Coast. But I could be in the show as well, because initially, and in, in fact, I was never a contracted player. Like, you guys were contracted players. I was not. Like, I was paid as a producer, but, like, I was there just because I wanted to be on TV. <laughs> so, that's so weird. I just realized that I forgot. Every year, I never got paid as an actor or as, as one of the guys at the table or whatnot. It was... Your like I literally could have been like, well, I'm not doing this. And they had no your vanity. recourse. It was vanity. It was like, <laughs> I get to be on TV. <laughs> so the joy of that show for me living out West was like when the show was on, 
I could turn it on and like I there were my friends on TV. It was like so fucking mind bending and cool. And they were doing the same shit that we did when I left. Like so everything was where it was and shit like that. So it was absolute joy. But on the pure level of like I was raised by a television, grew up in front of a fucking TV and stuff. I we had a brief sojourn into uh animation with the clerks cartoon they canceled it after two episodes and i was like soured on tv like people would be like you should pitch something like no me and tv i said they ran two episodes of our cartoon and they canceled it now i'm not a tv guy i'm an indie film guy so i put away all notions of ever having a tv show and not even a tv show in which i was featured just like your own fucking show or whatever the fuck so walt taking over the stash and making it run for as long as it did, getting us to the fucking point where there's a conversation about like, maybe we could shoot a fucking TV show here. Like not only affords the, a secret stash to go on, it literally afforded me being on TV, like a childhood dream. I had my own fucking television show. Like for some people that couldn't be bothered to memorize comic book men, they'd be like, that's that Kevin Smith show and shit like that. Such a fucking like amazing gift um, that was born in bootlegs and shit like that. <laughs> um, so we did the show for like seven seasons. Uh, we just lost one of the people that worked on the show, Mello, um, whose name, what was his? Daryl Shamello Durant. Yeah. Daryl Durant? Hmm? That was his name, Daryl Durant? Right. Yeah. yeah. Such Should a great name. Why fucking Mello? Daryl Durant, Double D is your name. Oh, double D. Well, who was that bear? Oh, you weren't. You were His middle name was Shamello, and hence Mello. Yeah. So, uh, bear, was bear, who was also on your production crew, mm. uh, another great guy who we still play poker with every week on Zoom. Uh, just kept shouting Mello out, uh, Shamello D, Double D. It's all like every time he had a hand. That's all he kept saying, Shamello D. Yeah, man. Um, Which makes you wait. You think about when he says it quick enough, Mello D. Melody. Oh, that makes sense. And he came from the world of music. He oh, dropped yeah. beats. Oh, yeah. He, he did beats for Bell Biv DeVoe. Bell Biv DeVoe, Public Enemy, um, Busta Rhymes. Yeah, man. He's Grammy Award winning. He's a, he's a big loss for uh, the comic book. Did he family. win a Grammy? Yeah. He's part of all that stuff, man. He got gold albums. What was the um, what was his job on Comic Book Man? Because he, I talked to him frequently whenever I came to the show, and of course Kimberly was his lady. She did hair and makeup on the boys and stuff for every season, I think. Yeah. But you know, she one day told me she's like, Kevin, I like understand that you like old school hip hop, and I was like, Oh my god, I love it. And she's like, Well, I was the the artist management yeah. uh, at Jive, yeah. and I was like, What? And she was like, yeah, like uh, all through. I was like, like, who did you have? And she was there for fucking MC Hammer and shit yeah. like that. And I was like, what are you doing this for? And she's like, the record industry collapsed. Like basically um, the film industry and the TV industry collapsed a few years later. Music industry went first. And so jobs that existed in a world where they sold vinyl and cassette and shit like that or CDs stopped existing when everything started going digital. And so her very lucrative position of being like artist management and stuff. The record companies were yeah. just like, we can't afford it anymore. And those positions went away. So what did, what was his job? They were behind the scenes. It was Christian Palladino, uh, Melissa uh, Deguini, Kimberly Thornton and Melody. Um, mm -hmm. They were the ones who made sure that 
everything got got done. Every you know, transportation. Yes. Um, Mello was the one that got me to and from the airport all the time. Always greeted me when I pulled up and stuff like right. that. Right. He never he never drove. Uh, I found he, that out. I yeah. Mello didn't drive. No, but he was in charge of transportation, which I love. That's that's yeah. so he genius. Me up once. He drove? Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. He was the, I, no, maybe not. No, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't him because they made a joke about this. It the, was Remy. Maybe it the, was Remy. Remy yeah. The other night on poker when we were playing uh, Bear and made a comment about if you ever needed Mello, he was always there, but he never had a car. Nah. Um, he passed away, yeah. sadly, of a heart attack uh, two weeks ago, a week ago. Um, but anyway, back to the show. Um. It, it only kind of interrupted in people's lives for three months, generally. But that went on for seven years. And it, it you were here at Ground Zero. Did the plan work? And as much as I was like, this is like a free commercial for the Secret Stash. Oh, yeah. Business Absolutely, picked up substantially yeah. with the show. We were always like, Walter had watched, what was the cake guy? Oh, the cake boss. Cake boss. And Walter had told me like at one point, like, you know, I went up to, I took yeah, my kids, took to, my the kids to the cake boss. They were into, into, and it was uh, a huge was line. Buddy. And then we waited in the middle of winter in an hour and a half. Oh, so you went to Hoboken? Yeah. In line? yeah. And we never had anything. We never had cake boss lines. And I owe, you know, and it's because everybody eats cake or right. cookies. Not everybody reads comics. That was the, that was the <laughs> thing. Like in the beginning, he's like, if we have a TV show, man. Maybe we'll have that cake boss line. And then once we went into, <laughs> we had lines, but not yeah. like, you know, fucking like you know cake boss lines I, and Walt's yeah. Walt's proof was absolutely in the pudding where he's like everyone loves cake not everyone loves comics but I remember seeing one of the secondary cooks he was a big big bear of a guy with a bald head that was on that show and uh, he was there when we when we walked in with our little group with my family and everything and I remember looking at him as somebody was just going like Everybody in one group of Honos was pointing at him like, oh, my God, there's this. Like, he wasn't even there. And you could just see on his face. He was just like, I've had enough of this. <laughs> and I was just and like, it was like looking in a future <laughs> mirror. <laughs> he looked so like, just like, I'm a baker. Right. And people are treating me as if I'm more than a baker. And it's really... Um, like it, he, he didn't look like he was happy about it. Like, it just looked like it, like it, uh, it, un, it made him uncomfortable. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we had a little bit of that. Not much. We, I mean, most people were pretty cool, but uh, it definitely was an uptick, though, after after season two. It really uh, it was helpful and put and put more people uh, planning uh, road trips to see us in the summertime and everything. It, it was extremely, extremely helpful. I, I maintain it. Uh, it was a stay of execution, probably, comic book men. It did. It fucking saved the store. There was no reason to close the store because suddenly the store was like doing well and thriving. And even though we didn't have a Jay and Silent Bob movie or anything promoting it, comic book men became the promotional mm -hmm. driver, um, which is so weird because it's like predicated on the, the promotional driver of the store was Jay and Silent Bob. And then all of a sudden for a good seven years, comic book men becomes the driver of the secret stash the driver of the business the thing that keeps me relevant particularly at a time where like shit was falling apart for me and whatnot like post cop out and red state particularly post red state when i stood on stage and sundance and was like i don't fucking need anybody and shit like 
I, you know, they wrote in, in Deadline or Variety. It was Mike Fleming. I think he was writing Variety, and he was like, Kevin Smith imploded last night. He had a perfectly sellable movie, and he insulted everybody and says he's going to do it himself. He's finished in this business. Comic book men happening was like, like a, a life preserver in the fucking ocean, like uh, while you're drowning. Because I was like, I I've just literally cut myself out of the business. I don't know why, and fucking like I, I you know, I just, they're saying that I'm fucking finished. And if AMC, which then had two of the fucking hottest shows, and then three when Breaking Bad mm. fucking broke huge, I'm like, if they are willing to give me a show. Like, clearly, they don't give a fuck what I did at Sundance. They weren't like, oh, he insulted distributors. Like, no, he gives a shit. We're doing a story about a comic book, a show about a comic book story. So not only was it like, ooh, I got a TV show, but it was buoyancy at a time where I was like fucking sinking, where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, anyone at that moment would like attack me for like, he's irrelevant. Like, you're losing relevancy. You haven't been relevant since the fucking 90s and shit. Suddenly we had a TV show and it's like, you can call me irrelevant all you want, but like it's a fucking show. Mm. You're relevant. Like, I'm sorry. It's uh, I know you may hate it. Maybe not relevant to you, but like clearly relevant enough. This episode is sponsored by blue chew, man. Go to bluechew.com right now and follow along. As I talk about the wonder that is blue chew, man, is it sex you want to do? then you need the blue chew guys. It's been a hell of a year. Personally, I feel like I've aged 12 years over the last 12 months. If you're like me, you're feeling your age more than you used to, man, especially in the boudoir, man. It's time to snap out of it. Spring is here. It's time to get sprung. Spring it, man. With blue chew. Blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form. And at a fraction of the cost, man, Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of erectile dysfunction. Man, this shit gets your dick hard. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations like, Doc, do you have something I could chew on to make my dick hard? And no waiting in line at the pharmacy, man. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is so simple. You sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, bam, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, man. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here, man. Blue Chew's uh, Sildenafil to Dolophil's tablets they're chewable that's where we're getting that man blue chews tablets are made in the usa and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy man plus you got that american pride when you're chewing on a blue chew you're like oh yeah this is gonna be a all-american rod so if you could benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform and visit bluechew.com for more details and, of course, the very important safety information, man. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code SMOD at the checkout, man. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. That's it. That's BlueChew.com promo code SMOD to receive your free first month, man. Your first month free. And we thank the good folks at Blue Chew for keeping us hard and sponsoring this podcast. Now, on with the show.
So it was this great thing that I never wanted to fuck with. Like it seemed to be at this perfectly oiled machine. So I never like very rarely was I involved in a storyline, you know, like first season I was there for the hockey game and shit. Mm-hmm. And that was built around like Kev's coming. We we got to play a fucking hockey game and shit. But generally speaking, it was the adventures of the secret stash. It was Bry and Walt and Mike and Ming. And so, you know, periodically I'd come and be part of a storyline or something, but I wasn't here a lot. You guys built a family, um, like the crew that came to work here, as we talked about in the previous podcast, like they would treat it like the summer vacation and get big houses down the shore and stuff like that while they were working during the day. And none of them felt like they were working because the boys were very funny and they could get material. A job is a job when you're like, oh my God, it's like pulling fucking teeth to get content to shoot something. They never had a problem like that with the boys because they turn on a camera and the guys can just fucking generate. And, and Walter was being asked to talk about shit and make fun with shit that he was an expert at you know it's not 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 like hey man i need you to do jokes about bitcoin like he he could do like um what if robin and fucking batman and then go off on that tangent which became like the spine of like the show and stuff like that along with the fucking transitions or the transactions rather so it's like being being asked like you have to be on tv i'm sorry but the good news is you're not going to have to do anything that you don't already know how to do. And for me, what was always thrilling about that too is like, and this is going to sound arrogant as fuck, but like inarguably Clerks and Mallrats are two movies that changed the culture a bit. And that came from knowing Walter. So having comic book men, which also changed the culture a little bit, um, and having the guy on the show who's not like, Hey, this character was inspired by my friend, but having my friends on camera, like I didn't realize until they showed me first cut of the show. I was like, oh my God, it's like Clerks, the reality series. Like you got a Dante, you got a Randall and stuff like that. There's an Elias over there and whatnot. And uh, I remember Christian or or whoever was cutting, it was like, yeah, didn't you think that's what we were going for? And I was like, no, nah, I just thought it was Pawn Stars in a comic book show, in a comic book store. But this, this is fucking relevant to my interests as well. But I didn't stay. I wasn't here all the time. I'd come in for like a day or three days and fucking shoot wraparounds that be- became the stuff in the episodes, like the, 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 I don't know, the fucking skeleton on which they hang the fucking show. But you, Ernie, became a part of it. You were on the show a few times. One time? More than one time? Uh, There's the bowling two, episode. Two or three. Yeah, the bowling episode was probably the biggest one. We had a blast on that. Uh, the clerk's crew came in and Shafo, O'Halloran, and Muse against Walt, Ming, and Mike, and Brian. And I think, isn't that? Isn't clerks that, first. The yeah, real clerks, clerks first. Yeah, fake clerks. Yeah, yeah, and I think Walt uh, jumped ship, didn't you, Walt? At one point <laughs> towards the show. I just was waiting to see who was going to win. <laughs> right, and right, I, So right. I could go to the winning side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we had a blast. And then from what I was told, not know if it's true, maybe it is an ego thing, but uh, one of their highest episodes, rated episodes. Oh, the ball one? Well, of course. Had, yeah. Fucking clerks. Which mm-hmm. is cool. But no, uh, that was, Or not was, clerks, you. Oh, well, Every know. relative tuning in. Yeah. What <laughs> is, so when did you start hanging out with the with them? Because you started doing poker games with the crew. You start you know the crew as first, intimately as the guys. Yes, here. I do. Uh, first season, uh, I got win from you. I think that 
hey, man, you should check out the poker game. The guys play a poker game every Tuesday night. And it wasn't it Tuesdays, Mike? I think Tuesday it nights. Yeah. It was every Tuesday night. Uh, he's just, you know, just let them know who you are. And that was it. And I made a phone call and uh, it was a, I think we started, it was like six or seven of us that were playing. There were, it was I small. Think it was, yeah, it was it really was small. small. It was yeah. actually like 10. There were 10. Yeah, it was in the yoga studio. That yep. was the production office. Yeah. Yeah. That's Remember the black and white? Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's where we did the the ugly, yeah. That room was that room was black and white. Yes, it was. Tiny. And it had yeah. really weird maps on the walls. But we had just, no I, idea. It now like... I get it. Like it was black and white because of like clerks. <laughs> because of the podcast, when we shot the sizzle reel. That we the the podcast section was in black and white. They presented mm -hmm. that in black and white and the transactions in color and stuff. So they wanted to maintain an element of what they did. And so that room didn't have any of the tchotchkes in it. It were weird maps and schedules mm -hmm. and shit like that. But it was done in gray tones and black yeah. and white, which is oh, what I'm talking yes, about for the yes. I was like, where did I get the idea? Yes, Apparently okay. fucking there. Um what was it like to for for you to become a TV personality? <laughs> surreal i mean i didn't ask for this i I just wanted to come and work in a comic book to shop. some degree like he was like and not inured to it but like he'd been in the movies mm -hmm. he'd you know been on stage when we did stuff and whatnot so there wasn't like a complete shock when i was like i think we're going to do a tv show at the stash it was more like oh no i don't want to be involved in that <laughs> But he did know the world. I would drag Walt into things. He was there for all of Clerks and stuff. He's in fucking Mallrats and, and whatnot. Um, they opened Chasing Amy originally, uh, Steve, Dave, and the fanboy. And then we cut that scene. Um, Dogma. He's always been involved. But so me going, I'm going to do a TV show and you got to be in it and shit. You know, maybe a little bit on brand. It wouldn't be like, I, don't, I doubt it cracked your world open. You're like, I don't even know this guy anymore. <laughs> but you go from a weekend guy to a stash employee with zero, quite like Ming, zero expectation of ever being involved in a thing. Ming was at least in dogma, like, mm -hmm. you know, pops up in the strip club or something like that. And for him, I'm sure that was like, it'll never be better than that, man. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Suddenly this TV show happens and you go from being like the weekend guy to a regular employee to literally being a character on the show and not even background, but like one of the fucking fab four. What did it feel like? I surreal. I mean, there are there are no words for it. It's like kind of like like you said, we backed up into it. And if it weren't for Brian Quinn getting a payoff from True TV, <laughs> is, yeah, I, I'm. You're look, not at the table. Right? I'm not at the table. Oh my god, so, you owe Quinn so huge. I know. So uh, you're like you know uh, like originally there was somebody cast as Wolverine, another actor, and. Yeah, Doug Gray Pete, Scott. Well, he could have been Pete Best. That's right. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. There you go. A classic <laughs> Beatles <laughs> reference. Walter's falling down a Beatles fucking rabbit hole recently. Which I tried I mean, to get him. When you said we were one of the Fab Four, I was like, John Lennon is rolling right, over in his right. grave. <laughs> we are being compared to the Fab Four. They may have made, that term may have originated with them, but that works in any forcing right. situation. <laughs> and, and Seinfeld, wow. the cast, was referred to as the Fab Four. Were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a, they did a cover of Entertainment Weekly that looked like the Beatles. Beatles oh, album yes. cover for that mm -hmm. reason stuff, but in our world, comic book men definitely the Fab Four. <laughs> so it just felt so weird, and to you know be thrown in with. I mean, Walt and I had 
uh, a relationship, but Brian and I hadn't seen each other in a, a long time. And he had just moved back from Vegas. Like That's a couple right. of years uh, before. He was wanderlusting it for a while. Yeah. He was out in California. Yeah. He ran the secret stash out there. That's a whole different story that to yeah. be told another day. But <laughs> I've always liked Brian and, you know, we get along well. But Ming and I have never done anything together except um, like a year before we started a podcast. Did at you your behest? You guys, you were doing the comic book. Uh, we we started. Yeah, I sell comics. I sell uh, comics. Yeah, at um, smodcast.com. Yeah, Smodcast. one of the many shows that made it a network. Tesd mm -hmm. made it to smodcast.com a network. It went from one show to two shows, um, and then I was like, let's get as many shows as possible. So I sell comics predates comic book man. Yes, by a couple of months. That is fucked up. So yeah, and Ming and I hadn't had our you know I. I bumped into him actually we were um ming had put the webcam into the stash that's right we had a webcam at one point where you could just look at the secret stash live we didn't trust that little motherfucker after <laughs> that because we're like is this thing wired for sound too it's like <laughs> do we have to be careful about what we say and it was a webcam in name only because it refreshed only every like 45 seconds right so you got it's true. It wasn't a, st a steady stream. No, it was it, a an image. Yes, and it was like an open laptop that sat on. Like, no, it was it was one. It was like one of those. It looked like a little a little pie. So um. So wait. So you uh. You know you you and and Ming are fucking associated now forever. Yeah, of course. You have a business together, yep. shared universe, podcast studio. But you had prior to comic book men. You Ming and Mike wasn't a thing. No, no, we we were just two guys who like warily. Hey, how you doing? He was the guy who at the View Askew Christmas party would always wear the blazer and the turtleneck and wander around with a snifter of brandy. Oh so. my god, that sounds like Ming. That's perfectly <laughs> Ming. How strange, man! Like when the show begins, it's kind of presented like these are the relationships, but. They became the relationship. We grew into them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking nuts. You didn't grow into it at all. It was really, <laughs> literally, you doing real life, but PG. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, because I, I, yeah, I knew of Ming, and Ming was on Tell Him Steve Dave quite a bit early on. He, right, would, right, he right. would, he would fall out of being on Tell Him Steve Dave, but those first couple of years, he was on almost every episode. So He's we, in a lot of the one true three. Yeah, he so. was, uh, so he, we had, uh, we kind of had our, a rapport going with him. We had, like, uh, we, we kind of clicked with him. So it was, uh, it was real easy. There was no awkwardness of, um, of us having to, like, you know, get along with each other or, uh, right, you know, like, or figure things out. It was like, we knew it, who we were and or, 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 or what make fun of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He knew his role instantly. Yeah. He's oh, like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. Yeah. yeah. He loved it. Every bit of it. He would set it up. He was, he would intentionally like lead us to, uh, to lead us to there. So we, we could knock him out. <laughs> put his chin right up there and go come on swing I'm I'm putting it right what, there what do they call it in wrestling when you're like the fall guy or whatever the fuck uh, the, the heel the heel, heel. Yeah. <laughs> and Ming was like teeing it up for them oh my god yes the heel who loves heels um, the you the, you being able to extemporize on comic books really helped in a comic book show but your relationship with Brian and all the talking and the chatting and the back and forth and the friendship that you had for years literally became like the fucking 
spine of the show. Was it weird? No, never felt weird. Did you ever, but you ever stop and go like, that's so fucked up that like, we're still doing this, but now they pay us. Um, it just feels like it's been doing it for so long, you know, and you know, that it's, yeah, I don't really stop and be like, um, and, and, and smell the roses. I'm just like, oh, I got something to do next week. We got to make a Tesla watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the machine doesn't stop. Yeah. It's so weird, though. It, like, think about it. You've been talking to this fool for most of your young life, all, all the way into your adult life. And then at a certain point, it, it was like, now you get paid to talk to this fool. Yeah. And something you would do anyway for free. Definitely. Um, it's that's it's just one of those satisfying components um all right so we do comic book men and the boys do comic book men particularly for seven seasons then i have a heart attack and we all think that well i think we found out in the last episode of smart guest um walt like myself thought there's no way they canceled the show now like oh my god i just had a heart attack they're getting all this press and shit that that was so weird because we had said you know, every season, eh, we're not coming back next year. Yeah, that's, that's like, honestly, I li- and I, I don't mean that in the facetious, oh, you're being so kind. Like, I literally, every season was like, there's no way they fucking keep doing this show. Mm-hmm. Because remember all the other shows we started with? They launched us amongst four other reality shows. And one by one, those fucking shows all died. And so I was like, well, sooner or later, the fucking sky is coming for us as well. Wasn't that like the common thread at the rap parties? The Shaw would always say, yeah. oh, maybe we'll be back next year. We don't know. Yet. And <laughs> that was it's like, true. We never knew at the end of the shoot. Yeah. Never knew. And they, they would drag it out until literally three days before right. they showed up with their cameras and their lights. Right. And oh, yeah, you've been renewed. But every year we were like, that's not going on. And, you know, you gird yourself for that. But this time around, I'm like, there's no way because I I saw our numbers and I'm like, there is no precipitous drop. There is no nothing. And and we got got a lot of hype because the one guy almost died. Yeah. So and and they just had him at the upfront. So there's no way they used him for the the last in the last conversation. We had Brian brought that one up, too, about the upfronts. That really sticks in everybody's cross. Like they put you to work and still canceled the fucking show. (laughs) I totally forgot about that. They did. Well, there's a couple of upfront stories that Brian and I still stick. It still sticks in our car. Like Ming got to go to like two of them. And we're like, we weren't invited. And he did go. I remember seeing him at it up front. Yes. Because normally it was me. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, Ming's here. And I'm like, he is? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we invited him. I was like, oh, my God, he must love this. And sure enough, he was walking around with a snifter of brandy. <laughs> table to table. Wearing Hello. a lure jacket. Hello, OxyClean. <laughs> I'm Ming. Um, so when, um, when the show comes to a close, um. You know, there's like there was no like, all right, now it's time to close the secret sash because we still had the, you know, fucking momentum from a TV show. When they cancel you, it's not for a while that the rest of the world finds out and shit like that. But it goes off the air in 2017. Is that correct? I believe that's the year. Yeah. Um, Cut to 2020 pandemic. Um the place has to close down. You were forced to close like every other yes. store or something for how long? A month? A week? What? No. <sighs> oh, God, it was months. Was it really? Yeah. We weren't allowed to open up until July. So from when till March? Ju- March March till, till July. July. During that time, you're selling shit online. You were doing boxes and shit. Right. You were drawing comics and stuff like that, drawing artwork or something like no, that. No, I did like these auctions, auctions. For, for my original art and from some rare comics that I had. 
Um, but generally speaking, nobody could come to the store. You couldn't no. even order new books because Diamond shut down, shut down yeah. and shit like that. And then there was a lot of like, you know, comic book stores had been dropping for years, but a bunch of them fucking dropped in the course of 2020 without new product to support it. Like with comic books to support it, like how do you maintain a business and stuff like that? Um, so as I watched place after place going and stuff and we were closed, I called up Walt and I was just like, um, I'm thinking that maybe now is the time. Like we've, they've already closed us. Maybe we just call it quits. We've been in this business over 20 years. It's a triumph by any measurement and shit. But you know, who knows what the new world looks like if we ever get open? Is anybody going to want to fucking go to a comic book store? I had September 11th in my head, where the fucking sales of T-shirts dropped right in the toilet. I'm like, who's going to give a fuck about a Jane Song Bob anything? if we all survive this fucking pandemic or whatever the fuck. So I was like, is it time to just like kind of let it go? Like maybe we just don't open up again. And Walter was like, oh my God. And I honestly, my, my, my prediction for the conversation was Walter going, yeah. Cause Walter, like now that we're not doing comic book men anymore, I'm guess he's probably pretty, pretty free to say it you don't read new comics and haven't read new comics for a long, long time. No, I don't, I don't keep up on new comics. Yeah. It was all, you know, just shucking and jiving, trying to like convince the world that I was uh, reading everything that came out. Emmy winning performance, but all predicated on true fandom at one time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I stopped it, in like 2006. So from 1975 to 2006, I devoured everything. And then one day you're asked to play that guy essentially. Yeah. And, yeah. and you like did convincingly when you watch him on that show, Walter's just like, let's go on an adventure because <laughs> comics are life. Um, but it's crazy because it's like you you can't do that unless you actually felt it at one point because right. you can knowledgeably speak about shit. And when you get on shit that you loved, like you light up like Christmas. So even if you weren't currently engaged with Ghost Rider, the subject of Ghost Rider fucking brings you to life and shit like that. You can it's, channel it. You can channel it. It's unfucking canny. So... The call to me. The call to Walt is like, I think we should let it go. And I was cocksure that Walter was going to be like, yeah, it's time. Because he doesn't read comic books anymore. And I even said to him, I was like, I mean, I got the store for you, but you don't read comics anymore. So it's like, what's the point? We got so much great out of it. You know, maybe it's time to let it go. And Walter was like, man, I, I didn't think that that was the last time I was ever going to walk into the stash and i was like well we still have to empty it out and shit and he was like i just always imagine it'd be like the end of mary tyler moore mm -hmm. he's like where they turn off the fucking lights and then the credits roll and he was like i always thought i would turn off the lights and that the store would that's when the store would be done and he's like i'll tell you i don't he's going i don't know if you should and i was like and i did bring up i was like i got it for you and you don't read comics and that's when he said it's way bigger than me he's going you may have started it because of me but like there are people come in like from all over the world. People get emotional. Like this place means something to a lot of people and not just people from outside, but people in the community and shit like that. He's going, I don't know, unless you were in like a financial like fucking hole or something, he's going, don't you have a lease until the end of the year? And I was like, it was December or something. Yeah, like but that. like I said, I wasn't just, I was thinking about, my, I wasn't just thinking about myself. I was thinking about Mike. Yeah. Thank you. I was thinking about get him. Right. And I was like, why don't you 
don't be so quick to make a, a rash decision ooh, a rash decision mm. at the beginning of the lockouts because that's when you called me that's when it was it was like april mayish we have this conversation yeah late march or early april yeah right? boy i got scared I, quick i was like we're fucked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> burn it down quick for the insurance money i said you know in my my heart i was like you know these you know i think that for these two guys it, not even for myself i was like you should at least ride out uh and because i didn't know when the lockdowns were going to end right. I thought, nobody I mean, had any information yeah so why don't you just at least wait to make a decision after the lease is up before you make such a uh a, a big decision like that because you don't know what's going to happen you don't know if people will come back in droves you just don't know and if it, if, it, if they don't well then yeah then you got to close it but it, like don't do it yet his don't point being like you're already paying the rent to december yeah like since you're already doing it, like wait and see when it, maybe when it reopens, everything's great. And he even said, he was like, it could be the reverse. Like, I'm like, who's going to want to buy a fucking Jane, Son, Bob, anything or a comic book after all this? And he's going, I think that people will want that again because that's going to make them feel normal. And I was like, huh, you know, and boots on the ground is better than theory in the, in the fucking sky and shit. So I'm like, all right. Like, it makes sense. We're already paying the fucking rent. Like, for, we got in the lease. There is a chance that it bounces back hard because people are like, I fucking miss this so much. Like, you know, as soon as they open up movie theaters, I'm going to fucking go. So I was like, all right. All right. And I was, I remember being like, I'm surprised, man. I honestly thought you'd be like, let it go and stuff. And you're like, no, no, it's not. It's, it's just doesn't feel like it's necessary unless it's necessary. And I was like, I know it was merely just an it idea. Could, it could be necessary. You know, I, I didn't, th I wasn't sitting there going like, yo, you're making a mistake. Yeah, like, you're you an don't idiot. Know. <laughs> you don't know, but let's wait to see before, you know, you pull the plug, you know, maybe this patient can come back to life. How much of it was, because you're not, unless still waters run deep, you're not a wear your heart on your sleeve kind of guy. How much of that defense of keeping the store open, as you've said, it's for Mike, it's for get him and stuff. But how much of it also was, I, like, no, 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 I'm, there's a script here and I'm going to turn the lights off. Oh, uh, oh, that, yeah, that wasn't, I mean, that was just like, kind of like just me being a child of television, you know, mm -hmm. like I would see that episode because, because I mean, our daily routine, even during, like we, we, we had to, we came to work during the lockdowns. To the place, to the state. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, you can cut that out. I don't know why, but we had to we had to come to work during the lockdowns for for some reason, and we would just watch uh, TV. And Mary Tyler Moore was one of the things we watched every single day. And when that episode came on, you know, and I saw it, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I always knew that this episode was going to happen in real life to me one day, and now I feel like it's 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 just around the corner. But you know, I didn't really ever think like it really I, that would be crazy if i was like kev you got to keep it open even though it's fucking it's a sieve and you're you're bleeding money because i want to lock the doors like right. mary tyler moore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i really was just like you know like i think that there you could there's a little bit more toothpaste in there possibly but there may not be though but let's just wait till you have a better understanding of let's see what happens in at the end of the lease, because you may have a better big picture of things. I thought, I mean, it was 50, 50. I thought you would, you could have closed it down. And when I was surprised, you that, did you know, say that too. You were like, you know, I, it could go either way, but like, if I, if I, you said, if it were me, 
and I already got the lease. I would just yeah, if I owned it, stay it yeah, I would have I would have uh, waited until the very last minute to make that decision. I would have the gun nothing to my head. Sentimental, nothing nostalgic. Oh yeah, but like I could never be like use that like as uh, against you. Right, right, right. Like and like, be like because I because I have so much nostalgia. I want you to keep open something that's you know hurting you. Right, right, right. But at the same time, like I, I'm I romanticize everything. So in my mind and heart, I'm like, oh, he don't want it to see it. Oh Go, yeah, I don't. I don't want even it though to it's that. not like the fucking driver of his life anymore. Like. He still don't want to see it go, even though he don't read comics. Even no, though it's not, no, it's it was the place not I went the to. Primary income driver and stuff. It was the it's, place I went to every day. It was the place where I made um, amazing friendships that I would never have made without being there. It was, to be honest with you, and I still it just doesn't feel like the, the stash, stash to me. To you. It doesn't, yeah. and uh, I when I walk past that place or drive past that place, it's like it's tough. Because emotionally, I, yeah, because it's still 20 years of your life. Yeah, it's like it's hard to be like oh, 20 years and now, OK, we've been here for 20 days. Right. I just going to take time. It'll right. get there eventually. But right now, it's just not there yet. When did you and this is going to sound weird, but when did you know that you loved the stash? Because, again, this is a job that you were like, come on, Walt, just fucking do it. And you're like, all right, already. <laughs> when did it become? How long did it like it? Look, it took us eight months working together before you finally spoke to yeah. me. So how long did it take for you to be like, oh, I actually I absolutely love this. I guess when you when you realize when you go to sleep and you're like and it sounds bizarre, like I can't wait to go to work tomorrow. There was times that I had that early on, you know, not that I lost that, but like that. Right. But early on, it was like, like, I really can't wait to go to work tomorrow. Which was something? Did you ever have the wreck? Yeah, when I knew like we were playing like a big, a big hockey game or something. But like, but to have it, you know, because I I don't think a lot of people have that um, that feeling. Oh, about going to work? Yeah, like you know, and you're like, or or like I I didn't had I had a weekend off and it was Sunday night, and Sunday nights were just like the worst nights on the planet growing up because it was school the next day. Like there was like it was like a depressive tone in the in the, in the house because my father didn't want to go to work i didn't want to go to school right it was like a miserable sunday nights were fucking terrible 60 minutes fucking suck <laughs> um <laughs> mash maybe was on it was the most it's like it was like like it was just, if we had guns in the house like my father would have shot himself in the head, then he would have shot up. Just me, he put us out of our misery but like sunday nights when when the stash was um was ready for me on monday morning yeah, the, all that was like gone. Suddenly it was just like Sundays were awesome. Yeah. Sunday. <laughs> I don't care if 60 minutes is on. Yeah. Let them do 120 minutes. I've got the stash. Um when I I I look at like at the poster that's hanging up here in the uh yeah. Tesdy Town general store. And it's it's a uh, who took the photo? Victor Juarez. He's a guy who works for Tom Steve Dave on the uh, video side of things. It is a like picture. You can't see it. It's a picture of the stash dead center. You got Surf Taco next to it, and there's a Duxiana on the other side. It's, if at the time, um, Anima probably Anima. that would have became story, something yeah. else. Um, yeah, I guess Duxiana left a long time ago. <laughs> Duxiana was when I fucking lived there and shit, and that was in the 90s. And my old apartment is right there. The yeah. place where fucking Harley was conceived. That's why I got to hang in there. that picture. Did you hang uh, it? Uh, yeah. Oh, get him. I asked, get him to hang it. He hung it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my direction. <laughs> like, look, it's like, like a hammer. <laughs> um, did it go up for a sense of 
Like, that's my stash. Yeah. That will forever be my stash. Yep. I knew it. The moment I saw that poster first, I was like, oh, fucking great, man. Like, like I got pictures of the stash, like on my hard drive and shit like that. But there are no pictures of the stash in the stash. Even in the milestones thing we did, when it says stash moves up to Broad Street, it's the artwork, but not an image of the fucking stash. So seeing the image of the stash at first, I was like, oh, fucking right on, man. Of course. Like, we need... An image of the past. Like it suddenly made me go like, now I have to blow up the Jason Lee picture of me and Jason Lee in front of mm. the f- fucking old ass secret stash and shit like that. But then the second thought I had was like that, that is a, one man's monument to his life's work. Am sure. I sure? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wanted I, it to hang my fucking No, you're not. I, I was like, I want to, I want to have the, uh, the stash from 35 Broad Street represented in here. So good. Um, when we moved, the first idea I had, I called Walt like a few weeks later and I was like, what if we took the stash to, uh, Leonardo? Cause Ernie was building Smod Castle, which looks fucking astounding. It looks so good. And Ernie's like, they got empty units here. Mm-hmm. Why don't you move the secret stash here? People come here to see the quick stop. We've got the Smod Castle here. I was like, that's fucking tight, man. That's a good idea. I was like, I'm going to call Walt. And once again, I was like, Walt's going to love this because Walt lives closer to yeah. Leonardo and Quick Stop than he does to Red Bank. So I call up Walt and I'm like, how about what if we move the secret stash to Leonardo to the Quick Stop building? And I was waiting for him to be like, yeah. And instead he was like, Oof, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, why? And he goes, because Red Bank is where people go to shop. We get people in the store, don't know anything about you or comics and they come in and buy shit. And he's going, they're doing other things in town. And so we become one of the things they do. He's going, but you go to Leonardo, that's, the only people coming to the store are going to be the fans looking for you. He's like, you won't get any walk-in traffic, which is absolutely right. I mean, you get people coming over from quick stop, but very minimal community traffic and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. He goes, look, you don't have to stay in, on, in this location on broad street, but you should stay in red bank. And we did a kind of like, well, let's think of the next closest red bank. Like maybe we've like shot our wad here. Mm. Where's the next close? And the next closest Red Bank was Manhattan. <laughs> so it was like, all right, Red Bank is the move. And so, but Walt was like, you don't have to stand Broad Street. You can go to like one of the side streets, but I think it'd be a ridiculous move to leave Red Bank. So at that point, I was like, all right, well, let's start looking around because we were paying a very high rent at, at the old location. And in when the pandemic broke and shit, uh, I looked for a little relief you know, rent relief and there was none to be found and, you know, whatever, that's fine. But it gave me enough space to be like, well, a lot of businesses closing in town, there's open vacancies and shit like that. So I told Walt and I told Mike, I said, Hey man, do me a favor in your spare time. When you're just walking around Red Bank, if you see an open space that could be the new stash like just hit me up with some pictures or something like that when how soon after that did you find 65 20 minutes did you just walk down the street <laughs> i i had this place i i have always walked past this place and and said to myself this is a really cool building it used I to be what like it. a grocery store it was a shit. vegan grocery store oh, ironic. about 10 years ago because Quinn talked about on the show the other day that mm-hmm. Scott Monica would send him there to get wheatgrass shots. Yeah. Same fucking place. Yeah. And um, it's been lying dormant for 
literally 10 years. Uh, I think it was Republican National Headquarters. We burned some sage in here and smudged it away. When did you come see it? With me or no? When? Because no, I'd come no. and see it at one point. Like no. I'd come you did to town come, for but, yeah, movies but, or something. And yeah, yeah. That was, I, I became, I, Mike gave me a call and said, hey, man, uh, Kevin's looking to move. And I was like, oh, okay. So he came and brought me to this spot first. Well, technically, I didn't rat him out like that. I did no, say, well, you know what? Let's, I, I just want you to see uh, about the viability of, you know, the building. Does are, are the bones good? Right. So that's right. pretty much but, what I. But I, to I will say though, I first walked in here, uh, noticing that nothing has been done here forever. And, and I was, what was here prior, besides the grocery thing? Something else had been there since. There, then. Right next door, there was the a rug, uh, place. rug place. Right. And he'd use this for storage because right. there were doors. <clears throat> yes. Well, shit. they also had a wall up. But I think that was put up by the Republican Party or, yeah, or no. something. But anyway, when I walked in, I looked around and I saw the amount of work that needed to be done to bring it back to where it had to be. And I was like, uh, let's go look somewhere else. <laughs> and, and mind like, you, this is when Ernie was still building Smod Castle. Yeah, yeah. I was like, come here real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got another project. I know for you're you. building this thing, but hold on. Right, hold on. So I, and Mike trusts my judgment. So I said, let's at least look around Red Bank and see if there's anything else. Even though the space is cool, the outside is great, and the visibility is awesome, let me see if there's anything else. Because in my mind, I'm thinking about you and what this is going to cost. Right, and right, can right. I save Kevin a little bit more money and things like that? Ernie knows the world. He's, right. He builds. Right. So, so he, he knows like what it's going to be. So it's one thing to walk in and be like, hey, this could be the store. And Ernie would be like, sure can for this amount of money. Right, right. And that's the first thing that went in my, in my uh, head. And that's what Mike. That's why Mike brought me there. So we looked around and we really couldn't find anything. We did find, I think, one spot, but what they wanted for it was ridiculous. This, for the uh, for the space and for the amount uh, that you would be saving in rent, it kind of justified what I thought I could do the project for for you, mm. but not knowing the scale that I was really gonna. That it would come to. It's one thing to be yeah. like, oh, I can do it for this. And then in the middle of the job, you're like, well, it's going to be more like this and stuff. But regardless, yeah, it was in a world where we're like opening up a new business. Right. In my head and heart, I'm like, look, if it's under 100 grand, we're all good. And it was well under 100 yes. fucking grand. Yes. So at that point, the part of the, the benefit of this place, not just, oh, new space, cheaper. Yes. Because the rent was like, almost half of what we were paying that because i remember saying to mike i was like my dream is that we pay half of what we're paying right now which was 6500 bucks mm -hmm. i was like try to find the perfect location mm -hmm. for 3250 <laughs> that way <laughs> you know we'll we'll twice the size half the price so not only was it more floor space but it came with a giant basement which it also then enabled us to close storage spaces that we rent two we had two storage units that you've been well one you've been occupying for years right and the second one we occupied uh one reboot and you wrote all the reboot stuff over so paying the rent on those you know that adds up and the office too and, like the view right. office the other half of it was the merchandise right all the where merch. johnny was sending mm -hmm. stuff out right so this space enabled us to close that like Just, that's how yeah. ernie sold it to carol right. he's like you will 
close your storage bins and you'll also you won't need the other half of that office. No. So that would reduce you this much in fucking rent on a regular. And so over like this much time, we would save this much fucking money while still paying less rent than we're paying to Jack. And so it was initially when I was like, why don't you guys go look at him for a place? It was about, uh, what is that term? Stalking horse or whatever. Like the idea was if I can get a better offer, mm. I could go back to Jack and be like, well, this place is going to give us rent for 3,500 bucks. Can you match that? If not, we got to leave and stuff. But then it became a, a better deal in as much as like, even if Jack could have matched the rent rate. Yeah, there's no way he could have competed with this building. No. With the, no and way. with the sheer, like being able to close down the offices, being able to close the storage thing, like getting all this free storage as well and stuff. It was like he could have maybe matched the, the money, but he couldn't have matched well, the square footage. Well, that's the thing. Even if, were, even if you were paying the same exact rent as you were at 35, mm -hmm. you're still gaining here for storage. Right. Uh, and closing down the other spaces. Plus, you're also giving Tell Them Steve they have their own room, yes. which also cleans up a lot of floor space for the main stash. Which you guys only ever put the poker table up to do the show, or was it yeah. up all the time? I mean, yeah, the poker table was really the only prop right, uh, right. or only thing. And it was... It was there before we started Tell Them Steve Dave. Right. <laughs> it wasn't there because yeah. of Tell Them Steve yeah, Dave. It's always there. <laughs> Hey, man, it's me, Kevin Smith. Let me tell you, I don't have many regrets in life, but uh, I wish I'd kept all my um, childhood stuff from my bedroom. Um, now I spend a lot of time going back and trying to recollect it, bring it back together. Um, but I wish I'd kept that. Um, I wish I'd kept uh, my, my boyish figure from uh, when I was in high school and it wasn't even that great back then but I'll tell you the thing I wish I kept the most my hair my hair kids it's gone can't keep what's not there man and I couldn't keep it because you know what didn't exist back then keeps keeps dot com kids k-e-e-p-s dot com man go there right now while we're talking fear Ready to take action and prevent hair loss. Go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash smod to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash smod to get your first month free, man. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash smod. Keeps dot com. I wish Keeps had existed when I was a kid. Um, I wish Keeps existed when my mom started telling me, I think you're losing your hair. I was like, no, everybody's got a little bald spot back there. And now that little bald spot uh, takes up my entire fucking body. And it wouldn't have been the case if I had keeps back then, man. Could have got me some damn keeps. You know why? Because two out of three men experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. And I'm fucking 50. I'm going to be 51. More than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness, man. There's only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss, and Keeps offers both. They keep it um, simple, stress-free uh, uh, way for you to keep your hair, man. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door 
Every three months, you don't have to leave your house. Low-cost treatments start at like 10 bucks a month and keeps offers generic versions, man. Discreet packaging. So your mailman, your mailman or mailwoman won't be like, what the fuck? You're losing your hair too? And lots of proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, man. Prevention's the key. Treatments could take four to six months to see results. So act fast. I wish Keeps existed when I was a young man. I wouldn't have been making clerks. I would have been keeping my hair. I spent all my money on Keeps and it wouldn't have been that much. Still could have made clerks and had Keeps happen. Man, all the good things happen too late. But don't let that happen to you. It's not for you. It's never too late for you, for heaven's sakes. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash smod to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S.com slash smod, keeps.com slash smod to get your first month free. Keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash smod, keeps.com slash smod. And now on with the show. Um, it, it became like, as soon as we came into the space, like this was the first, when we came in like, Oh shit. When we came into the adjunct room, it's like, Oh my God, this could be, I kept calling it the Tesdy theater. This could be right, like telling Steve right. Dave fucking yeah. theater, man. They could do all their shit, like right in this fucking room and blah, blah, blah. How long did it take you to do it? And then we were opening, we were in the midst of opening Smodcastle, finishing Smodcastle. And then suddenly the pandemic shut that right. down. So I was like, Ernie, we got this other job over here. And we couldn't start until the stash ended, until 35 ended. And so that was Christmas. Essentially, we took it up to Christmas or after Christmas. January 15th, I thought. Well, yeah, we they extended paid, us yeah, a little bit. Yeah, first, we were supposed to be out yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so while when did you start in on six, here on 65 Broad Street? What month? Um, I'm Jesus. Can we get in trouble for this? Yeah, I got to be careful. I got to be careful. What I will say is, listen, in the trades, mm -hmm. um, demo work is really not something that has to be under a permit. The, right. de the demo and the cleanup that we were doing in here was pretty much basic stuff. And we weren't creating any more electrical or structural or anything like that. We were cleaning up a mess of stuff that was here for 10 years. Whoa. So I came in here for a good month uh before the lease was up over 35 and just did a massive rehaul of cleaning up and stuff like that and really figuring out and laying out how i was going to do it and did you ever draw what you wanted to do like did because the store when you walk into 65 broad like it's unlike uh, when you know you walked into 35 i could look around and be like well i made that happen i made that happen and stuff you can i've sensed my even the fucking colors of like oh the red and blue is for superman and shit mm. like i still had a sense of like i was involved here <laughs> i walk like with ernie and the stat uh, the new stash i was like D do what you want like just make it look cool make it a fan thing there's certain pieces of course that are always going to come like of buddy cross and whatnot yeah. but like just we got space make it look fucking cool and most people would have like, I'm going to go hire a fucking art director or some such shit. But with you, I was like, he fucking knows the fan base. Like he knows what they would like to see. Plus he knows how to do this shit. So I'm not going to have to explain my entire history and mythology to some fucking worker who's like, and you want me to do what? And yeah. so it wants to be what? That's kind of what the inspector said when they walked in. But like, 
you're doing what? What is this? What is this? What are you making? Why do you have a church in yeah, here? Yeah, right, Mike? When they walked in, they were baffled by what I was creating. And when I would tell them, well, this is going to be a shrine. This is going to be like a a life-size robot breaking out of a wall. This is going to be a, a car coming out. They're like, what is this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what do you sell here? Yeah. <laughs> what are robots? <laughs> yes. I'm like, is this a weed store? Yeah, it was, it was strange. But uh, what I will say is when I walked into the space, I initially already had an idea of what I wanted to do. I could just, the good thing about, I have a good way of visualizing mm -hmm. how things can be placed and as much as i love 35 and you all guys love 35 uh to me 35 was a little tight and that's probably made it more um comforting and more intimate and it did but it to me when i, if I look at it from a building perspective and uh presenting your artifacts of movie memorabilia mm. it didn't really it didn't justify some of the stuff that was in there. Right. You really couldn't appreciate it. Right. Even though it was beautiful and great. But when I looked at it in here, I was like, oh my God, I could do that. And this is really going to look really cool. And so, now it's like in the old stash, we had a bunch of stuff up on the walls. Right. But there's, you know, there was no theme other than like, look at all the shit we did. Now, when you walk into 65 Broad Street, there are like, here's Tuskland. Yeah. Here's yeah, Dogma there's... Land with the Buddy Christ, which is now open. Yes. And like in a little fucking shrine with a kneeler in a fucking pew. So it looks like a job. On top of it is the is the Bluntmobile. Over here is Reboot Land with Iron Bob coming out of the wall. And then the entire back wall of the stash, which, you know, any retailer worth their salt would be like why are we giving up a full wall to this we can't put merchandise on shit but it's such a beautiful showcase gorgeous piece of acknowledgement of the store's history like we don't get to the secret stash without fucking quick stop first ernie built the f quick stop facade right but to be honest when i walked through with mike and i think he'll probably remember when i saw originally back there was a big black black wall black yep. wall now the first thing that popped out of my head was this wall should just be the whole view askew universe on film just running constantly like so projected on projected that. on the wall i'll have red velvet curtains to make it oh look, so it would be like a movie and i'm going like Atlantic islands like yeah, when yeah. we were kids i mean it would look really cool and nostalgic and we'll do red velvet ropes and this and that and maybe do the stars in the front on the on the floor right i thought it'd be really cool um but then i started to realize the you know like the height of the ceiling is not as big as the the old stash it's about uh almost two feet less is that right yeah. so yeah the uh, 35 brush you did have very yeah. high ceilings yeah they have the original tin ceilings which this one doesn't so my second thought was well kevin's bringing the quick stop facade around to all these places when he's doing movies and and it, they redid it in a reboot and then something just clicked and i said that i think i said the mic one day i said you know what i'm gonna redo the quick stop and he goes oh okay and then at that point i told you i was gonna do rst also right um but then you threw at me uh, oh i want iron bob somewhere in that corner i said well if i give you iron bob i can't give you rst <laughs> i was like deal yeah and he goes deal i said yeah, exactly so i that's when what, you think of clerks you know uh, definitely rst is a part of it but if somebody's like you know name the 
fucking you it, oh it took place in a convenience yeah. store so it was it's it's the quick stop. quick stop for sure yeah. and i mean it, there was many many nights and days that i worked here that mike's like ernie you're out of your fucking mind i was gonna say i think <laughs> one of the best decisions you you made on this i didn't know that though until hearing it was allowing ernie to do what he wanted to do because i think that there was like absolutely an artist uh to a hiding inside that yes. like a carpenter's body because, yes. uh, because just like Jesus <laughs> something more going on with this carpenter <laughs> because uh, his his work is uh, on a, any level of any kind of like prop guy uh, like or set designer in Hollywood he was to Walter was talking about when we were doing the grand opening at one point uh, I was like isn't this look great and he was like the thing that blows my mind is he painted rust onto the shutters and I looked up and I was like, oh, yeah, like Ernie weathered it and shit like that. So it's one thing to like build the fake facade. That would have been enough. It's an, yeah. well, another thing to put lights on behind the quick stop sign. That would have been fucking enough. But then he like weathered it. He put he aged the locks. Did you put yeah. gum in the locks yet? Uh, Zabsek had put gum in there. Yes. There you go. I, I, I was here uh, <laughs> while Ernie, not in the later stages. So I was here a lot um, lately and... Uh, I can attest to it, like, uh, consumed with accuracy. <laughs> well, consumed <laughs> with um, making like, it as... It, it don't have to be that close. <laughs> oh, f- f- there's no telling him that, like, it's close enough. Close enough yeah. doesn't exist in right. his world. I can't tell you how many times... Well, after I put the the, <clears throat> the TV up over the Milestone uh, poster... or The wall, Milestone poster was instigated by Ernie. He's yeah. like, you got a big white red wall here. He's like, why don't you put up... Like some of the shit that, that happened. Yeah. Like put up a timeline. Call it, put up a timeline. I was like, ooh, that's fucking, that's cute. Yeah. That's a good idea. Cute. <laughs> well, it was cool. It's no, like, that's it's, neat. Like we can list a yes. bunch of shit. And I listed, first thing I did was like, cause I'm so fucking egocentric. Yeah. It was a Kevin timeline. So it's like, <laughs> this is all the important shit I did, which includes a lot of Hudson and shit right. like that. But then I was like, well, it's Jane Silent Bob's yeah. secret stash. It should be like Jane Silent Bob moment. So I came up with a list. We sent it to Captain Ribman. I just wanted him to do it in his font. Mm. Like, just can, instead of us doing it in a normal font, can you write it like this? Instead, he came up with, like, a fucking gorgeous museum oh, piece. And I unrolled it. Uh, and actually, no, sorry, I unrolled it. But when you sent me the first... Uh, uh, graphic. Gra- thank you. Well, the first graphic of it, I was just like, this is not what I was expecting. Yeah, me too. I was like, Jesus. It really thanks. wasn't. I was kind of blown away, and I, I brought it over to Mike, and I was like, Check this fucking thing out. It became like, yeah. honestly, in a grand opening weekend. I don't know how it's been like prior to that. Well, it just went up for grand opening just, yeah, weekend. Just days before. But Two days before, yeah. During that grand opening weekend, like, you know, you expect people to fucking look at the Buddy Christ. You expect people to look at Iron Bob. You expect them to look at the Quick Stop. But so many people gravitated toward it. And because it's a reader, yeah. like you look at it and then you can actually follow it. And then it makes you feel warm inside because you're like, I remember this. I remember this. Holy shit. And then you realize how much of it you were a part of. And then for people who don't know, right. it's fucking fascinating because it's like, who knew these these fuckers were a thing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like walking into this room and being like, who knew this was a thing? And there's a, an entire fucking universe. Nine out of ten people think it's the Magic the Gathering playing card game room. <laughs> oh, do they? You gotta hang that on the wall <laughs> here, man. <laughs> Just a magic room. And people are like, oh, you play Magic in here? And I'm like, yeah. I don't even bother explaining. Yep, yep. yep. Friday nights, eight o'clock. Bring your cards. <laughs> I don't even bother to explain it. <laughs> Shuffle up. We're doing it on Friday. People are banging on the door at like 7.30. Come on. We want to get yeah. in. So you so uh, you go for the quick stop back wall because 
when when does it stop being a movie thing and become oh I will do the quick stop. Uh, oh no, that's what you were talking about hanging the TV. Well, yeah, so red spot, I, and then I brought the red spot. We hang the TV. Yes, and I become annoying to a to a degree to get him, and he's been, he was wonderful to help me. Oh, get, certain, oh, get him, yeah, get him, get him with certain a, things. A, like he he yeah. was so proud of, <laughs> of of being able to help you. I mean, the respect that get him has. For, I don't think he respects anybody more <laughs> than on <Ernie>. the planet. <laughs> I'm not kidding around. I, I say this with 100% seriousness. So much so that like he tells me he brought him a Valentine's Day card. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, multiple. Uh, I, I'm oh, like, what okay. the fuck is going on between you two? What is going on? And then Ernie, but, but Ernie could scoff and be like, yeah. Yeah, like he was just as much was enamored into it. with this guy. You were leading like, them on. <laughs> we were talking about each other like, get him got me a Valentine's Day card. And I was like, yeah, I know already. Yeah. <laughs> it's this weird relationship that just like blossom in like this, like really, really intense friendship that, you know, that he's like depressed that like you're moving on. You're not going to be here anymore. <laughs> what do you mean he's not going to be here every day? Buying him, buying him food. Donuts. And like, and he chocolates. texts me at one o'clock in the morning. Do you think Ernie likes uh, chocolate with cinnamon? <laughs> like, How the fuck do I know? Uh, and why aren't you asking me these questions? <laughs> yeah, are you buying me any chocolate, motherfucker? Yeah, I happen to like chocolate and cinnamon. <laughs> but, but it was it was weird though. Not weird, but in a strange listen, it was fucked up because well, first I said, you know, I'm not techie. You know that. I it's I have a hard time sending you a a video. <laughs> yes. When it comes to like the phone, you're you're very I'm much not, like a like dad. Yeah, exactly. You're I'm one of those old sirs they used to sell the big button phones right, to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good at it. So get him, I would be like, hey man, can you can you pull up the, the quick stop for me? I can get it on my phone, but I can't fucking see it. I was like, can you pull something? He's like, oh, I'll put it on the TV for you. And he put it on the TV. And that was the that he shouldn't have did that because now I'm watching the fucking TV and I'm I'm doing the thing on the thing. I'm like, that's the game changer. Yeah, you're like, that's now the game I know exactly changer. what it looks like. And then he's then he he'll go as far as blowing up pictures for me on the window, and I'm like, fuck, I forgot this. <laughs> I gotta add this now, and I gotta add that. And he's breaking my balls, saying, Ernie, what about that? And I'm like, mother. God, you're right. You're talking, but he's, yeah, but Gidham was kind of being cruel because he knew yes. that you're the type of personality that was like, oh, I think there's a donut, <laughs> right. uh, a donut right. box on that counter in the original clerk. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I got to have a donut box now. Yes. I won't be able to live without a donut box. Right. Yeah, but guess who goes out at 3 a.m. Yeah. and gets him a fucking donut right. box? Yeah. That guy over there. And like they're chopping new cinnamon. tech meet old tech. <laughs> oh, I know. That's when it morphed into when like, a, a digital man in an right. analog world. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even, originally, when I was going to build the door to the quick stop. I was just going to make it look like the door. Right. And then I'm like... With a steel shutter over it? No, 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 no. Open. I was always going to do the door. I didn't like the steel shutters that they did. In the other places. Yeah. No, I can do better. Yeah. I, I, I hate to say that, but I just... I wanted to represent... I wanted yeah, to represent... Actually cool. Why would you hate right. to say it? Because I just wanted to represent the store for you properly. Right. So it just... I was like, the black wall just doesn't do it for me. And then I just get clicked. That's my culture. I was like, can we put a, I'm going to put a photo <laughs> in there. And you're like, holy fuck. And then when he kept showing me the videos, I'm like, shit, there's a, there's a, a mop and there's a bucket. And all of us, I asked, listen, I don't know what the fuck he does at night. Get him. 
He thinks about you. I, <laughs> that bothers what about you? He texts me yeah. about what he thinks you might like. <laughs> well, how do you spell mine? I'm writing be mine. <laughs> so I, I, I leave here one night. I usually let, let leave pretty late, and I, I was like, I got, I, I, I need a mop. The next day, there's a mop here. <laughs> Is that you get him? Yeah. There's and a purple there's a bow mop. on it. I'm like, where the fuck did you get the mop? Because I, I just stumbled across a mop somewhere. I was like, yeah, the, my asshole. Where's says, the sign, the you know, fucking mop sign? So that people should know that the mop sign that's upside down in the side glass is actually officially from the quick stop. Are you ser- serious? Yeah. I got all slurry there. Are you serious? Yeah. How would you ask Raj? I, and went you were like, Ra- I went to Raj and said, give me an old sign. That's genius. And he goes, let me go in the storage. And he pulled one out. When I saw yeah. that, like I, Ernie had asked me, he's like, can you get me one of your artists to do the inside of the window of Quick Stop? Yeah. He's like, we're trying to pull it off of the DVD and the Blu-rays. Yeah, like, we tried. Real- me and get him tried for, I mean, how many, how long do we try finding photos? And he searched high. We could, and I searched at home for and hours. You asked me, you were like, and what about I from the cut you, scene? Right, right. Because that Ernie's point was right. like the best point of view. Is when Johnny's Johnny walks point of view walks into from the, the lost stash. Scene, and I was right. like, oh, we don't even have a nice version of that. Right. So I was like, I bet you Nate could do it. And so Nate Gonzalez, who does all of our Fat Man Beyond artwork, he drew the yeah. door. Yeah. Like we're looking in the window. In the window. And right. it's such a nice touch, man. It gives it depth on the camera. Like because we shot it all weekend. It looks really right. cool. But when I saw the ups, the, the fucking upside down, you know, mop floor mopping fucking sign, like that took me instantly. I thought that was a brilliant fucking touch because i'm like i put that sign up so often and it's in clerks when they yeah. they put it up when they're mopping at the very end before they leave and shit like that yeah. but and it was such a part of the culture such a part of my everyday routine that when i saw it in the window i was like yeah well i, I wa- quit again yeah i quit again <laughs> yeah, and, I, this place. and i tried I'm so, so glad i have a fake version of this place right. to romanticize but i tried so i mean i know everything was under the gun and i wanted everything ready for the opening that's the other thing this was built like in record time. Well, if yeah. no, like you're gonna smile. I know. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't because it is. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, it was. What was almost a one-man operation? You bring in other people and stuff. But yes, like, I do. You were mostly the fucking lone, the lone the architect. Wolf. Yeah, you went fucking fast too, because you uh, closed. When, when when did we open the soft opening? Well, listen, I in my February. Mm-hmm. It was two weeks ago last Monday. So, so we had to yeah. wait till March. Yeah. So no, no, aw shucks, man. No, no, no. To, Come on. I told you when we started, I was like, you know what? Like January and February are kind of slow. So no, we you have did. to be closed. It's totally and okay. In in my mind, calculating what I wanted to do, even though I did things a lot bigger than I expected because my mind just kept opening up and as I was doing stuff. Uh, I had seen myself about 10 weeks. But unfortunately, the pandemic, what it took to get material, that wasn't, you know, everything was just slowed down and took mm-hmm. forever. And also permits and shit but like yeah, that. Yeah, the permits, the town, uh, meetings, uh, historical society, <sighs> reviews, all this kind of stuff got slowed down so bad because of the pandemic mm. that it kind of, which was good and bad because what it did is it made me rethink a lot of stuff. And I was like, Okay, I'm gonna do this now, and I'm gonna do that now. And then once so I started, time. Yeah, I hope Kidum can help me with right, this. I but hope he I, likes it. But once I started, <laughs> sure, that, it sounds more like he rolled over and said, "Get him, <laughs> <laughs> wake up! <laughs> I got a great idea." 
Hey, let me like, let me text oh, Walt about oh, this. Walter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like I told Gidim, I was like, it's gonna suck when Ernie moves on to his next job. I said, it's cool having him here. He's, he's really fun to have around. I was like, I'm thinking about breaking some shit in the TSC. <laughs> Just to have an excuse to call. Just to have an excuse. Sledgehammer through the wall. Just to have him come back and work, keep working here. <laughs> Earn something broke. And it's yeah. like clearly self-made destruction. Like Ernie knows that like this, this wouldn't break like naturally. How did this happen? We went looking for treasure. It's a long story, but anyway, can you? It's going to take least, a month, right? Yeah, at least six weeks, right? Exactly. <laughs> what was the uh, the most satisfying aspect of the new stash when you built it uh, to me i mean like i love the quick stop it's an absolutely ingenious and yeah. i remember when you were like i'm building buddy a shrine and stuff i was like oh that's gonna be cute and then when we saw the kneeler and you're like i could get this kneeler for 40 bucks but it's in fucking rhode island i yeah. was like get it <laughs> what yeah. are you waiting for and then when he was like i got a pew i got lights so when i saw the picture one of you sent me a fucking picture the first time it was up like i fell in love with it it's bright it's mm. poppy like it, it's you use the repurpose the stained glass in the doors that were here right. when we came to the place uh, when we came to look at the place and stuff so i like am drawn to the shrine i love that there's a pew there i love that there's a kneeler there and i did get to kneel at the kneeler the other day and i was like this is the right relationship it takes me right back to oolph right? like right. that is me at fucking age six to 13 and, and what's, forced to what's kneel missing in front from there when i called you today when we were together, the donation box—that's what's coming. So when you go to when you go to at least when we went to OPH, I'm sure it's the same in all fucking churches. They always yeah. got the poor box, mm -hmm. which they later renamed donations yeah. instead of like fucking putting poor on it because people <laughs> like me received that money, and my right. mom was like, "Well, it's not necessarily poor, but we could yeah. use the help and shit." Ernie was like, "We need a donations box, which would just be fantastic." Yeah. Well, what are they donating to? In that instance, you donate to the church. In this instance, you're donating to like a profitable church. <laughs> but to be fair, so is theirs. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. even have to pay fucking taxes. No, no. Uh, I, let's, I mean, we're not paying off the sins of the. Uh, well, if I'll just. Yeah. <laughs> we're all still paying for yeah. our sins. Sins of fucking that fucking book I left behind for Ray, man. Hardcover fucking Terminator no, no, no. book. Yeah. Um, oh, we know what you were talking about, Walt. <laughs> yes, and those as well. What is yeah. your favorite? Oh, God. I mean, I, I really. Uh, listen, I love Buddy. Uh, I, it does. It brings me back to you know, school and, and he, he's now appreciated more than he ever was. Yeah, he's, he's not set, behind bulletproof right, glass the way like he's the set fucking up. old Pope, like the new Pope he's riding around in convertibles right. and shit. I, I do love it. I have an affection for the glass, the fact that it's still here and not in pieces for all these years since. The, the old Mom window? Yeah, the old window from Mammoth. And now you've moved it twice. Right. Uh, that is just, you know, beyond words for that but to be honest i re i honestly did not think i could have created that quick stop that way is that right so you pushed yourself and you found a new a new high a new limit or a new fucking yeah i just didn't think you know i just like ah, i can do this and that and then at some point i was like you know you get to a point where i i if you know me well i do not really pat myself on the back for work that i do I'm just like, hey, yeah, fuck, it's good. Yeah, whatever. And I walk away. I don't take pictures of any of my work. Whatever kitchens, house I built, anything I do, I don't 
I'd oh, that's w- so fucking, I guess, yeah, because when you build the kitchen. I walk away from it. Right. You know how yeah. many pictures of the bookshelves you built me? No. <laughs> no, Walt. He out does. Again. I don't, yeah, I don't. Send I him to get him. I kind of walk away from it all. But that, I, you know, because it has history. Yeah. It has history. That's the literal sign from Quick Yeah, that we is got the, to that, steal the, that quick, is the legit quick stop sign, sign that I worked beneath. I, I, you know, I joke about like fucking the place I didn't right. want to go to, and Ernie built it in the back of the store. But even more so, that is literally the sign under which, like, I toiled and yeah. dreamed and thought, oh, what about a movie in a convenience store? Yeah. So it's not just a replica; it's the actual sign. When yeah. we shot Clerks Two there, they let us take that and we gave them a brand new one. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Now that's. I mean. Those couple items, but I, I'd have to say the quick stuff because I really didn't. It's it, it's a I museum so. showcase piece. Like if you go into the Funko Pop store and they've got like this big Batman environment right. and shit, you're like this is fucking stunning. It's like that. It's an entire environment that, you know, again, most retailers would be like, we got to fucking hang shirts on it or something like fucking. It's literally just there to be a photo op and and kind of as a. A breathtaking yeah uh, well like, oh, like that and like, like uh, and you're uh, stepping uh, into Kevin the Smith's movie junkie is going well the fans the, 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 yeah. the fans deserve it they really oh, yeah. do they they deserve to have that here even though they should go visit the original which they still and will. they do they do all the time but it's they they should have that they that's why you know that's why i think the way i think and you like the way i think for that because it's they, like they you, deserve it's, it's as good as a here. disney world store like if you went into that, a disney world store and they're, they're all themed than a disney world store <laughs> that as wow, well that, I, I think yeah. that could survive a real yeah. fucking hurricane those do- those doors <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, fuck yeah. tom sawyer island right <laughs> i'm telling yeah. you man like no, you go into like did downtown disney you go shopping at those stores and they're all themed to whatever the fuck movie and right. stuff it's like an adult disneyland out there you know for for something for, for something that well, it was a cartoon for a second, but generally not cartoons. Yeah. Really fucking wonderful. An adult playland. And one of those things that like, I said it when I walked into Smodcastle today, because I went and showed mom and uh, Smodcastle and Ernie's hung all the like live artwork and stuff like that from live shows and shit. Looks fantastic. But I said, when I walked in at one point, I was like, this fucking makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just, I, I like that this exists and stuff. Same with the stash. When I came in, I'd seen it on video and stuff because uh, Ernie and Christian had been shooting a making of the stash or project stash, right. a video series on the YouTube channel and stuff. And seeing it all, I was like, oh my God, this looks great. And of course they sent pictures while it was going on. But just walking in, it made me happy. If it made me fucking happy, I got to imagine like the average fan walks in and they're like, wow. Well, I, I kept saying to Mike and I said to my I said to my wife, I would say to, to Wayne and every pretty much who would ask me, oh, Ernie, that's great. It looks wonderful. And I'd be like, yeah. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? It looks so good. And I'm like, I will not be satisfied until my boy comes here, looks at it and says, <laughs> I, I mean, I serious. It's just I mean, it's just because, you know, I'm that's all it really is. It's just to you to come in and say, this is fucking amazing. The, that's, um, that's really all it. You know, oh, and do you, you like chocolate and cinnamon together? Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the immortal question. Yeah, but the um, it's uh, the, uh, the two architects of Stash One and well, mostly two. It's so funny because 
stash one is really stash two. Stash one is the tiniest place, but I always think of the stash. Point five is 69 Broad Street. Is that what you call it? Yeah, it really wasn't. Point five. It wasn't there long enough to. uh, I'll buy that. Point five. If we're doing it Iron Man style, that's Mark one. (laughs) Stash Mark one. Mark two becomes what everyone knows as a secret stash. Oh, it's so, legendary. And, and, yeah, and we had, again, legendary. we had fucking seven seasons yeah. of a TV show. So it's like, just like the, the set of Mork and Mindy is right. forever locked in your heart and imagination. The set of Happy Days, yeah. uh, Al's or fucking Arnold's. Um, you, you know what it looks like. That stash had that going for it. Where when you walked into the stash, it started as a celebration of all things View Askew and then became a TV set mm-hmm. so that when you walked into it, now it wasn't just like, oh, there's some shit from, from a thing. When you walked into it, you're like, I'm in a thing. Yeah. This is where it fucking happens and stuff like that. Um, the two architects of the two stashes, you built, I mean, we know Ratface built it and designed it and shit, but like you built 20 years of a fucking store that, that built a TV show. And then you just came in and built the new version of the fucking stash as we go forward and stuff like 25 next year is a quarter of a century of a brick and mortar business, man. And mind you, in order to get there, most people that own the business have to put nose to the grindstone, probably do it themselves and shit. Like a lot of owners of a business man, the counter themselves and shit like that. I've had the benefit of 25 years of a coming up next year, 25 years of a fucking business that I didn't even have to be there for and uh, operated like perfectly well without me so much so that it led to a fucking television show. Like I know if I'd been more involved, none of that would have happened, but like the freedom to like do it. Like, as I said, this is your store. Like I, I'll remember, like I said to Wall, this is your store, man, running when he finally came up to broad street and shit, I was still living next to broad street. Like I said, me and Muse would come down and shit. And I, when the store was open, like for business and, and closed at night, We'd come down and be like, let's put this here. Let's put this here. Let's move shit around and whatnot. And I would do that. And then, like, I'd go in the next day and shit was, like, moved back. And that went on for, like, a week. And one day I asked Brian, I was like, who keeps moving the shit? Like, I go in there and I keep moving the shit and it keeps being moved back. Do you move it back? And he goes, Walter does that. And I was like, why? And he goes, he doesn't like it when you mess with the store. I was like, it's my story. He's like, no, you gave it to Walter. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you're right. And so, like, I did, at that moment, I did go, like, you know what? That is true and stuff. And so I stopped inflicting any like, this is what I want or we should do this or whatever. Cause I was like, it's his, I told him it was his, that was predicated on the dream. Let him do it. And in doing so, just like giving him the freedom to be like, do what you want. Like fucking just, you know what it should be. Hmm. These are the certain components that got to go, but like, just make it fucking amazing. Make it cool. When you give, talented people and mind you and you talked about him earlier on going like he was a budding artist and fucking like hidden artist hidden in that carpenter shit same fucking thing with you as we did in the previous two episodes of Spodcast. like you fucking built something out of fucking nothing and stuff but that's a badge of honor for me i could walk around this world pride one more thing to be proud of i got 25 years of a brick and mortar fucking store i'm a retailer i left the world of retail by telling a story about yeah. the world of retail but never really left the world of retail <laughs> But I never had to work the world of retail again. Um, you know, if if you're lucky in this life, you get to stand on uh, tall shoulders. And I continue to stand on tall shoulders. Um, and, and, and because of that, 
I get the beauty of bragging rights of having something that not a lot of people fucking have. The idea is that was the first 24, 25 years. And let's see how much longer we could go. You know, now at this point, we've made the move and shit like that. Financially, things are making sense in terms of we pay less and whatnot and get rid of all our other storage spaces. And, you know, granted, we reopened and we've had the grand opening. So things are very good right now. Good numbers and shit like that. But I'd be happy to get my goal now is just to get to 37. If we can get to if we could get to 37 years of the secret stash, then we'll have that conversation again where I'm like, now we can probably let it go. That feels like a number to hang the hook on. 12 years. Right from now, 13. But yes, 13. Wow, that's a long time. It just means that. Like and that's a long time. Well, you know look, what? Yeah, tell yeah, them Steve yeah, Dave yeah. might be the big muscle by then. <laughs> <laughs> tell them secret stash or or get them secret stash. Ernie and get them will build it together. But I feel like <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just a little bed and breakfast, if you just keep finding places, and as long as Ernie's around to build you another Mark Four, Mark so Five, smaller each time, you will get the thirty-seven guaranteed. And then one day, there's no storage, just like nanotech. Right. The store builds around the customer. <laughs> or you um, open up a garage door and you can have it right there. Uh, just fucking, like you know right. what? That's right. We can always take the page from the pioneer himself. <laughs> oh, don't, don't kiss his ass now, Gavin. Come on. He's still listening. You know, you know he didn't tune out. Steve Dave tuned out when his store part of the story was done. But Ray, Ray was like, look, he fucked me over with that hardcover, terminated hardcover, but I believe in him. He's a good guy. Thank you for your belief, Ray. Um 37. That's my goal. We just got to make it another 13 years. And I th- I didn't expect we'd make it 25. The only thing I said was like, I guarantee you we'll make it 10 and shit. Here we are still fucking going. So that's, that is my long-term fucking dream. How old will I be? 13 years. You'll be 60, 13 years from now. 66. <laughs> no, hold on. 60, 16. You'll be 16. I'll be calling oh. you up in Florida and being like, can you fly up and turn the lights off? You'll be- <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired. I could do that from my phone, can't I? Yeah. <laughs> I get him. Get him. Where are you? I got to turn the lights off. <laughs> um, 67. You'll be 67 um, years old. Still won't be seventy year old man, and seventy no. don't look old anymore. No, no, not not anymore, man. So I, the older was, we get, the younger we look. And it'll be like remember remember when Jack's metal lady worked there, and she was much older than the people that bought albums there. She looked oh, like yeah. a grown ass adult, maybe not just a grown ass adult, but like hitting sixty. <laughs> That could be. That could be us. That could be us. We could be the new metal lady (laughs) of Red Bank. (laughs) Um, I thank you both. I thank you, Mike, as well. Get them. Thank you for for being uh, Ernie's Jiminy Cricket, apparently, on his (laughs) Pinocchio journey of building the store. You should do it better. (laughs) Here's a Valentine to keep you going. Um, the stash, uh, is secrets, Jane, Son, Bob's secret stash is, uh, alive and well in Red Bank, ladies and gentlemen. And once again, we've traded places, uh, for the third time ever and stuff, but we're still, uh, here and God willing, we'll be here for minimum another 12. I'm telling you, like, even if, even if we were doing gangbusters at year 37, that just seems like the year to end because then what happens is like, oh, if we just go another 13, we're at 50. Uh, so it feels like you commit to the 37 years. Yeah. Michael being a walker. <laughs> Holy crap. No, I'll be in diapers, man. What are you talking about? A lot about? of us might be dead at that point, let's be <laughs> honest. But 
to be able to be like that comic book store lasted 50 fucking years. Well, let's just go yeah, for yeah, 37. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's that's 26 years from now. So okay. it is. It is a moment. Well, 37 it's, is good. That's yeah, longer than what the, the stash has been open yeah. for. <laughs> Got a dream, man. Got to have something to look for. Before we go, uh, no man is an island and stuff. So I know you had a lot of help making the store. Do you want to shout out some? You've got a list, so I know you want to shout out some people. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, first, my my crew uh, that helped me out. I had my my good friend Wayne Levy came by for a good amount of time and helped me out. He's he actually did some work with me in the past on Motown, Plan in Hollywood, things like that. Um, I had my nephew Brian here helping me out, and of course uh, Troy Burbank, uh, who's another good friend of mine, uh, helped me with a lot of stuff. I brought in. Chris Covert, a great artist and designer who, when you come into the stash through the front doors, please look up. It's the unsung piece of the yes. stash. And I didn't even, and I knew it was going. Right. And I was so like enraptured by things at eye level that I never looked up. Uh, Ernie had an idea for like, why don't we put a mural up on the ceiling, man? Like kind of like God creating Adam and shit like that. And him and Chris, Chris Covert came yeah. up with this gorgeous fucking piece, which is if you look up, it's lit, backlit, and shit like that. It really looks dope. Yeah. It's the Easter egg uh, feature of the stash, I'd yes. say, because a lot of people don't notice it. Um, but with we that- We need to write on the floor, look up. Yeah. <laughs> and people go, oh. Yeah, it's a good idea. And then, of course, we changed the awnings outside to black. That was Jersey Shore awnings out of Neptune. They gave me a great deal. A bunch of great guys over there. You need an awning? You go to Jersey Shore and Neptune. Yes. And then, of course, Morris Plate Glass- who's been with us for a few years, moving that beautiful piece of glass that uh, Mr. Scott Mosier did multiple times for us and never breaking it. Uh, so we really appreciate that through them. They're in, they've been in Red Bank for a while. They're the glass masters. Yes. And we also got the guys who created the new logo that you sent me, the new sign in front of the stash and the window graphics and the... and the What company? The what's their company called? That is Chris... That's my man Chris at South Shore Sign Brothers out of Matawan. Out of Matawan. Out of Matawan. Oh, the old where the hobby shop was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very familiar with Matawan. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you grow used up there? I used to live in Matawan. That was you. you were a Matawan kid <laughs> before you were high. I ran those streets. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hard streets of Matawan. Made me who I am. <laughs> but those guys killed it. And the, with the window graphics, with the fucking sign, the sign was, you know, the new logo of the stash, Captain Ribman drawing and yep. stuff. Really nice. And it looks like me and Jay from Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, more modern version of us. But um, the company that like made the sign, right? which Ernie mentioned, say their names again. South Shore Sign Brothers. Also did like the window graphics yep. that went up first, the Captain Rib Ribman window graphics and stuff like that. But the sign is beautiful. I What I love about the sign, it's not as big as the old sign, which is still in our window here. I love that you put the old sign right yeah. up front in the window and the old letters oh, and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. But what I dig about the new sign is it looks like an, like an indie record store. Right. That's what we, me and you were talking about. Going for it has it. a real punk rock feel to yeah, it. I'm yeah, yeah. Like, we didn't want it too cool. big, too small, just enough where it had that vintage type of feel to it. And I, they pulled it off. Kind of like, if you know, you know. Uh, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. An oral history of the secret stashes, at least the East Coast secret stashes. We didn't even touched the West Coast ones. But, you know, let's be honest. The East Coast secret stash was always the secret stash. You know, we may not have franchised as big as Comics Plus. But we did get to two coasts and shit. Um, but the one, the heart and soul of the operation always been here in Red Bank. And here we are 
still in Red Bank. Uh, next year, as I keep saying, it's going to be 25 years because I just want you all not to be surprised when I start fucking selling T-shirts and shit. <laughs> but as we sit here in year 24 and whatnot, um, it, it's, to, it's to me something that I wear like a fucking merit badge. Like I wear like an accomplishment, like making clerks or something like that. And I didn't even do it. Like I just, I funded it. Um, y'all make the stash what it is. Thank you for that. Thank you for keeping it going. Thank you for fucking making it so much so that we could have had a TV show. And who knows is always possible that there's another fucking TV show in the future and shit like that. You might have to act again. <laughs> it's like oh no <laughs> oh no I mean, you're like Roy Scheider and fucking Jaws too you're like I know what a shark looks like because I see him when I'm close so you better fix this problem because I go through that hell again um, there it is kids uh, that's Smodcast for this week man I'm Kevin Smith Walt Flanagan Mike Zapsick and Ernie O'Donnell the architects of the secret stash ladies and gentlemen uh, have a week This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>